This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 423 for Thursday, November 18th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into, and we've been doing that for 10 years. Joining me this week, Alistair McFly is back. You can find him on Long Range Sensors and of course, Alistair McFly on all the social media that matters. Hello, sir. Hello. Congratulations as well. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, Lou Page is back. Zombies ate my podcast and Busy Zombie Lord on social media. Hello, sir. 10 years, man. That means that Zamp is coming up on 10 years, too. Oh, man. Yeah, you've been here for most of those 10 years. (laughs) You've been here for most of them. Yeah, we've had a number of rotating co-hosts and stuff over the years. And it's funny, like I went back and uh, looked up the first episode. Uh, Don't don't go listen to it. (laughs) It's it's rough. Uh, I, th- I think, I think I had a good mic, but Chad and Peyton did not at the time. And, uh, Chad and Peyton are two of my good friends. And we started the Citadel Cafe 10 years ago this week as just a way to hang out and, and chat with one another. Because at the time, I believe Chad was living out of province, uh, and, uh, Peyton had a, a, a young son. I think, I think his son is around 11 now, um, but uh, it was just increasingly difficult to get a chance to like go for a beer or just, you know, get on a call and, and chat. So I decided to start the podcast as just a way to catch up with friends and talk about the kind of stuff that we're into. And it turns out that that was something that I, I really enjoyed. And we did it re- like I think they were on the show for at least a year or two um, before, um, yeah. you know, the things got busy as as Peyton's son got older. Uh, Chad then had a bunch of different things change. He's got a kid now. And so they they no longer can do the show. And the first episode was titled, We'll Build Battle Station for Food. And I think it really kind of <laughs> speaks to the, the push of doing the show for 10 years. Because, I mean, I do earn part of my living as a podcaster. The Citadel Cafe is a very small part of that. It's more of a passion project. It's more of a way to just catch up with friends. It's something I like to do and want to do. And uh, I mean, challenging because you've got people that, you know, everybody's got lives. Uh, lots of people over those this past 10 years have now become parents. So there's a lot of demand on on time and stuff. But uh, I've been trying to keep it as consistent as possible. And it just goes to show like when you work something into your routine and you just plan ahead a little bit, then you can keep it going as long as you just pay attention to it. It doesn't require a great deal of effort when it's this fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't put enough value on just the ability to be able to keep up with friends during my 30s because it's I'm over 40 now and so this basically accounts for most of my 30s and it's just because of all the the grind work that I had to do professionally for art um eventually I had a part-time job at some points and I just did not have a lot of time to hang out with people and to be able to do that here on the show and fold it into part of what I do um, was amazing. And then take that into account in the last two years or almost two years with the global pandemic. And I know we've all spoken about this on the show before, so I won't get into the details of it. But like mm-hmm. to be able to have a podcasting connection with different people uh, weekly and yeah. in some cases, you know, um, because, you know, there's obviously Alistair and, and Lou, you guys here. Then there's Steven. Uh, Brockett, who couldn't be here today, Stephen's working, and then Megan, of course, busy doing her own stuff. I have also had my friend Hammond ha- has come onto the show for a, a good chunk of time. Uh, he had to leave to pursue other podcast projects, so yep. there's all these people that have come and gone. But it's meant that on rotation, because of the way that I've set it up, I basically catch up with friends like once a month, and because it's scheduled, you do it. You don't miss it. You don't put it off. You know, you don't say, I'd rather stay home today because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> this doesn't require <laughs> me to leave the house. So um, I just, I can't say how thankful I am enough that one, you guys do this with me. 
and for all those folks at home listening, uh, especially new people that have come on board, because in the last year or so, we've had a, a, an increase in listenership because of the Spawn Chunks podcast gaining popularity and people hearing me talk about the Sizzle Cafe there and then eventually coming over and trying this show. And uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad that everybody that's been here for the long haul is continuing to listen. Uh, I get notes and little messages from people, friends here in the city that I don't even remember listen that still listen. So uh, it's awesome. I, I really, I can't, can't say how grateful I am enough to be able to do this for a living and be able to continue to do it and be able to catch up with friends. Well, I think uh, Lou can probably back me up on this. Uh, I think I'm sort of speaking for everybody when I say it's just been a, an honor to be Definitely. part of, of something like this. For... I, I, I'm, I mean, I can't, I can't say it enough. You know, I mean, I do this once a month with you, and then I also do my own show, but which we do twice a month, and. I got promotions where I work because of what I do as a hobby. So this is kind of, this is all kind of paid for itself. That's fantastic. I didn't know that. I, I knew that like your job involved social media and, and some research and stuff. Oh, well, I landed, I landed, I landed that because uh, part of what I do is involving with finding people on social media and and when i sat down with the people that were interviewing me for the position i was like well i can do this this that and the other thing and i do a podcast and i do this and they're like wait 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 you do what now and i had to explain it to them they're like well you know more than we do about the thing we want you to do so (laughs) nice Nice. So if you're if you're a zombie on social media, look out. Lou's got your number. He knows exactly yeah. where to find you. Um, out of curiosity, I'll start with you, Lou, because you've been here the longest. Any standout moments over the last 10 years? Well, I guess eight years for you on the Citadel Cafe. We've talked a lot about Game of Thrones. We have. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember your first episode. You remember when that was? I guessed it because Peyton... And, and, and Chad couldn't make it. Right. Something happened and you needed somebody to fill in. And we had just started Zamp, I think. It looks like 2013, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we started, we started Zamp in like, I think it was 2013. Cause we're, go- we're, we're at nine years right now. I'm looking at episode 56, paging Lewis Page the third is what. <laughs> That's what the name of the show is. I did a quick yeah. search on the on the most of the stuff that comes up. Obviously, is more recent episodes like four hundred two and things about like Marvel and Westworld and stuff like that. But um, that's that's interesting. I, Game of Thrones sticks out for me as a big as a big kind of like tent pole because that I think is one of the reasons why uh, Chad and I and Peyton started talking about stuff and recording it is because we had all watched season one. And then season two was coming out. And then when season two was ramping up or about to be released, we started doing a week to week rewatch of season one and then doing like a blow by blow. And so it's the one time in, in Citadel Cafe history, I guess, that the show has like put the brakes on. And then every week during Game of Thrones, that's the only thing we talked about. It was yeah. like one episode at a time. It was a blow by blow episodic review show. And then after it was over, we switched back to talking about like, you know, whatever movies or films or TV series we wanted to talk about. But very seldom did we get into talking about things one one blip at a time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, and obviously the popularity of that show um, meant that that got a lot of a lot of listens. I do remember the upticks. Like every time Game of Thrones came out, the Citadel Cafe li- listenership would basically double for for the season. Not that yep. that was a lot to begin with, but it would it would increase a lot when we're doing the show. Alistair, what about you? Anything stand out? I mean, you you and I had not known each other quite that long, but no, because we we started podcasting together in 2015. It was I think so. Yeah, one three nine. That was our first one. Um, well, we we've talked a lot of Star Trek. It's <laughs> when right. you say about catching up every month, it's kind of like an opportunity to catch up Star Trek in a lot of those times as, as well. Uh, but I think also just like we we got to speak about thirty years of Back to the Future for the thirtieth anniversary, right? Uh, which was which was pretty exciting. Yeah, and I even remember when we did the, um, you know, we're kind of talking about uh, going into the year twenty fifteen, and I watched that as 
I remember this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the Doc and Marty go to 2015, and I was watching that uh, in real time so that they arrived at the exact moment, uh, which was pretty special. And so it's really exciting and fun to be able to talk about that on the show. Um, and there's also the, just this one final one, the Power of Grayskull, when we talked about the uh, the documentary that was on Netflix. Right. And you got an email from the guys who made that documentary. Yeah. Who had listened to the show. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name right now. But yeah, one of the Canadian people that were part of the production crew. I don't know whether he was a producer or whether he was a writer or director. I can't remember. But he was involved at a higher level uh, in making the documentary. And uh, he wrote a nice email saying that it was really nice to hear us speak so highly of it. And like critically, but not critically in a slamming way, but just like, you know, talking about how I think we were comparing it to there was another documentary was it the toys that made us yes, yes. yeah uh and then they covered he-man in that show or there was another he-man documentary I can't remember but there was There's two like three of them yeah but this one was the one that didn't have a lot of like manufactured drama in the editing and stuff yep. they just kind of presented the facts if I remember correctly um, that yeah, that's that's a good one too. I mean, how far we've fallen talking about He Man now in 2021? Gosh, I don't have any nice things to say about about that IP right now. Um, I don't ha- think many people do. Have you seen? Just I don't want to get on too much of an aside, but have you guys seen the trailer for part two of the Kevin Smith He Man series? Uh, I saw something a while back, and I was like, yeah, I'm 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 done now. I'm not going. Wow, back. like they have retconned everything that they did in season one i i haven't seen the trailer i didn't realize the second one was uh, already out uh, it, 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 it's not out yet but i think it's coming like in the next week or two yeah the weird thing is i actually liked the uh the kevin smith one i, I, did, I or, or probably the best way to say it is i didn't hate it uh, every time it would do something I thought was interesting, it would then do two things I didn't like. And so I was like, <laughs> eh. It was like, okay. I was like, I was always like, oh, that's a, oh, oh, that's a, oh. And I was like, I was like, and it didn't feel much like Kevin Smith. I was like, they just put his name on this. He really didn't know much about what was going on with this. He was just there to approve stuff. Oh, and I don't even know about that. Like, I, I, I feel like, because I, I tried to watch the behind the scenes of it and he was so overhyped and trying to convince you that this was worth watching. Like it was just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what happened behind the scenes. I'm sure in a few years when he's no longer under contract or cares, he'll be able to talk about it on mic somewhere and be able to talk about what a giant shit show that thing was. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. He's, he's, he's known for basically, he hyped something and then five years later you find out the truth. There's a really good clip of him online talking about writing a Superman film and people wanting a giant robot spider in it. And then years go by and stuff like that. And the same guy that was trying to convince him to put a giant robot spider in Superman made uh, um, Wild West, the Will Smith film. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a giant robot spider in it. And of course, and so he's having a good joke with this on, on, on stage ta- telling the story. And there has to be something like that behind the scenes yeah. here. Because like... In the last part of it, there's, there's, you know, Adam is is either killed or deeply wounded. You've got uh, Orko is dead. You've got Tila is mad at everybody because Tila's mad. And then it looks like in the trailer for this part two, like everything is just fixed. Like it's just like, but <laughs> what do you mean everything is fixed? Like if you're gonna have the stones to do something, at least stick to it. I feel like yeah. it, it looks like part two has been edited to to like band-aid all the complaints that people had for part one anyway it's just a trailer i don't know for sure um it comes out like two days before my netflix subscription runs out and the the plan was to cancel netflix while i have crave and then switch them back and forth i may end up keeping netflix though because i mean i am curious about the witcher season two coming up in december so we'll have to see um i, I might try the he-man thing just to try and see how it's, it's like watching a train wreck, you know, and then just, just before the big kaboom, it's like the, the video stops. You're like, what? I just, I, I kind of wanted to see the end. You know? If I, if I watch it, it will be like while I'm working and I have it running in the background and I just look up and go, ah, oh, yeah, that's stupid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's stupid. Back anyway. Watch it to say that you watch it. So yeah, one of the things that I'm really excited that we got to cover over the last 10 years are 
the new Star Wars films that came out. So, I mean, throughout all of my, you know, life, I was able to go back and see the originals in theaters when they were re-released and I saw the prequels when they come out, but I I didn't didn't have a podcast, I didn't have anything other than just, you know, friends to talk to about them. And so to talk about them on the show when the, the Force Awakens and all those films came out and how excited everybody was. It was pretty cool. It was it was nice. Now, not all the the things we said were good, but it's nice to have it's nice to have that platform. And it was it's nice also to like when you have a, a platform like the Citadel Cafe to be able to c- come to a place where you can voice your opinion about the last Jedi and people agree with you. And you, you're it's not all terrible, but th- there just seems to be so much of back and forth and and um like people on one side or the other passionately online. And at least I find here we can have decent discussions. And if people disagree, they disagree, but it's, it's not, right. It's not as, as um, divided. Uh, the other thing that I'm, I'm really glad that we had a chance to, to have some special episodes around are things like the Marvel crescendo of infinity war and Endgame. game. Uh, talking about those on the show, along with game of Thrones and the season finale of game of Thrones, which of course no one liked, but being able to have the podcast be not only just around, but around and seasoned to yeah. have those kind of events was really fun for me. Uh, and the highlight of the year each year for me is whenever I get an opportunity, usually around the holidays like this to get more than one of you on the show at the same time. And we'll be trying that again this year. Uh, hopefully it'll, it'll work out. As someone who used to have three co-hosts on his show, Getting multiple people to all agree at a t- date and time to show up is not easy. <laughs> Looking forward to more cool stuff. Uh, my gosh, there was a lot of trailers and things that came out this week, and I haven't watched it all, uh, but I've seen a number of things. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in the Internet Minute later. Uh, but there's a lot of exciting things coming, not least of which is like the Witcher Season 2. We've got Discovery Season 4 premiering tomorrow on Crave, today on, on CBS. Uh, and so uh, there's going to be lots to talk about, I think, this winter. And I've got a funny feeling um, to bring this full circle to talk about weather that this winter is going to be rough in Canada. I am anticipating just a lot of don't want to go outside. And so I'm looking forward to a lot of media <laughs> to then entertain myself until it is warm enough to go outside. That and everything seems to be coming out between now and Christmas. Yeah. Like, like Erica and I, Erica and I try to plan out like, all right, well, we'll start. This is, this comes out on Friday. We'll watch this on Friday. And then if we have time next week, we'll watch this episode, this show or that show or whatever. After the baby goes to bed, maybe we'll put in like two episodes here. And then tomorrow, Cowboy Bebop, the live action adaptation. Right. Netflix. Right. Uh, The Wheel of Time hits Amazon. And then, and then, and there's like two other things that are all coming out tomorrow. And, Erica looked at me and went, what about next week? And I was like, oh, and three other shows come out next week. And then Hawkeye begins. And then this, yeah. and she goes, and she goes, we're not even going to be able to watch all of this before Christmas. And I said, nope. No. And that's, and that's the thing. And I, I hopefully a lot of these things now, I don't know if the Witcher's going to do it, but I know Hawkeye will more than likely follow the Disney trend of week to week. They're releasing two or three episodes up front and then everything else will be week to week after that. A, couple, a bunch of shows are doing that. Uh, Wheel of Time is doing that too. You're getting the first three episodes up front and then they're going to go week to week. Kind of like releasing a little movie, you know, like that yeah. That makes sense. I, I quite like the way that Arcane is doing it. They're doing three episodes at a time. Yeah. And, and that's pretty cool because it gives you a chance to pace it out a little bit if you want. But if you really are enjoying the story, you can totally just, just dive right in. Um, the last I'm up to date on arcane as well. I'm going to wait until the season is over to talk about it again on the show, but let me um, ask you a quick question then mm-hmm. is the end of every three arc as depressing as the end of the first arc. No, no. See, uh, our second arc is way more interesting and not, it's not nearly as sad. It's more because okay, Erica was really into it. Like I said, just watch this first episode. Let me know if this is something you think you want to watch. And I had to go run an errand for her. Mm-hmm. Like what? she came back, she was halfway through the second episode. And I was like, oh, I guess you liked it. She's like, yeah, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then it, then the, the, the big arc at the end where they end up separated shows up and she just punched me in the shoulder and she went, damn you. And I went, what? <laughs> She's like, Make me watch something with a downer. I'm depressed enough as it is. Oh, man. Have you guys watched the second part? No, we have not. Oh, okay. So that, that'll that be different. 
again like that they, would be different. yeah okay. they 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 move on it still follows vi and and powder now jinx uh, but yeah. but it it deals with it in a very different way it's not the the emotion is not the same it's still emotional but it's not the same sort of emotion for the the series and it's more rather than downer it's more cliffhanger as you know because gotcha. it's because that too right like it's it's you know the, the, there's a big story arc coming and you can kind of see where it's going but they kind of leave it's basically like the umpire strikes back like it's not like a cliffhanger cliffhanger it's more like uh, they didn't really wrap anything up did they it's like no because there's three more episodes right so the, we'll wait to see what happens there but yeah d- definitely i'm still watching it uh new the next three comes out on saturday as far as i know but speaking of things that we've been watching, we'll jump into uh, the main discussion this week. And speaking of big Marvel moments, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, thought it was a fitting movie to talk about on the 10-year anniversary of the show. And yeah. it recently came out on Disney Plus last Friday uh, outside of the paywall. So you didn't have to rent it. You could just, um, it didn't have early access. It just became part of the regular catalog uh, after coming out in September earlier this year in, in theaters. And... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, I heard good things. It was number one, you know, across the world for a, a time. Uh, I think Dune eclipsed it or something else came along. Um, maybe the Eternals um, and and clipped it. But it's it's really, really well done. It was a lot of fun. And at first I was like, this is getting a little bit far-fetched. But later on, they reward your patience with like ancient Chinese legends and fantasy. And you realize it's a lot more of a fantasy film than it is a superhero film. Yes. So I would compare it more to like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon than I would Captain America. It, 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 it's Marvel's version of uh, a, a Chinese wire effect movie, basically. Yeah. 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 With very little wire stuff. It's all, I mean, they've got lots of cool fight scenes, but it's, it's more CG and, and cool kind of like, practical fights too like i I really enjoyed the choreography and uh they kick it off to the races like they i mean spoilers i mean uh, alistair and lou and i have all seen it and it's been out for months so hopefully you've seen it as well but spoiler warning for people that don't want or haven't seen it yet because it has only been on the disney catalog for like five days um uh yeah like it's like week tomorrow i guess um but they they kick things off they really throw you into the character uh the um of of shung uh, Sean, I guess, as you meet him and they give you kind of like these real interesting kind of like character beats where he looks like he's getting ready to a- attend a very successful job or look kind of has that like Superman Clark can't kind of get ready. And then you realize that he's a he's a valet at a hotel. <laughs> he parks cars yeah. for a living and <clears throat> they go they travel down this this they do this mislead all the time. Um, but then within the first 20 minutes 15 even there's a fight scene on a bus where like people are trying to mug him and then you realize quickly it's more of an assassination attempt or there's this guy with like a metal arm i don't know who he is um and and he's He's got like a sword for an arm and and there's this huge fight scene on the bus and it is incredible to watch because he's like spinning around the poles that you're supposed to hang on to for safety on the bus and he's kicking people and he's he's defending himself against like four attackers at, at the least uh, all while trying to keep people safe on the bus and his best friend is on the bus and like there's all this kind of stuff happening and she's got no idea that he knows kung fu like none and they've yep. known each other for years and so all of a sudden he's doing all this crazy stuff and she's like who are you like what's going on um and i love that they just kind of throw you in there and so you as a viewer kind of have the same experience that katie that's the character that's the best friend has. that's really kind of like her whole purpose is she is the one that is supposed to be your perspective and your point of view which is about her only value i'll get into that later um, i disagree with you but uh, okay. i understand where you're coming from yeah <laughs> so i mean so on the positive side i mean like uh great action uh lots of really cool kung fu fantasy nods uh i thought um simu liu was great uh, i really like him in kim's convenience and he transcends that easily he feels like hollywood he feels uh it's i'm not i'm not gonna say his performance was necessarily oscar winning across the board there were some moments where i was like wow that was a little bit strange but that could be editing that could be direction um but one thing for sure is that from moment one you think of him as shung you don't think yes. about him as as Jung 
from Kim's Convenience. Very similar names in terms of how they sound. But yeah. but you don't think of him as anybody else but Shung. And it's it's so good. He's got a lot of presence. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else he does. The thing that I uh, that 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 I always thought was funny is while you may not have thought Katie was your favorite character or anything, I, I her, my favorite line of dialogue with her is when she finds out his name is Shang and his name is Sean and she looks at him and she goes, "You thought your dad wasn't going to find you and you changed your name to Sean." <laughs> yeah. As soon as Joel mentioned Sean, that's the exact line that popped into my head as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty good gems, you know, like and the fact that he's like this assassin's son and this thousand year old magical like cult leader you know he's part of this huge society or was mm. um and then they get out and they get drunk and they do karaoke all the time yeah you know like we should probably go home and then they cut to like them drinking and doing karaoke and stuff and so there's there's a good bit of uh depth to the character where like he's got this very strict very traditional kind of like upbringing but then he's been out in the world since he was 14 or 15 and he's now i think 24 ish is the yeah. is the rough age that he's supposed to be and uh they really kind of get into that like i'm an adult sometimes <laughs> you know i'll do the right thing but like if i have a choice to go drinking late at night and do karaoke until i fall asleep then i'll i'll do that <laughs> you know um i thought that was that was pretty clever um I really enjoyed um, the. I think all the cameos were really good. The little it, mm. like little pop ups, like when uh, Wong fights the Abomination. I was like, "Wait, what? What is Wong doing there fighting? And why is he fighting <laughs> the Abomination?" Yeah, yeah, that you that pays off later on too. Like the yeah. the the tie into the rest of the Marvel universe with Wong and the end scenes actually. Not to skip ahead to the very very ending, but the end scene where Wong comes and get them from gets Katie and and Chung from the the pub, uh, mm. and and brings them into I guess it's the Sanctum, and tells yeah. them about what's going on. And they're talking with Captain Marvel and and um, uh, it's uh, the Hulk. It's uh, Bruce Banner. It's uh, and in uh, human form, by the way. Yeah, yes. he's not he's not Smart Hulk anymore. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm confused because I've seen the trailer for She Hulk too, and so maybe I guess he can't change or does change back. I can't remember. Um, he's trying to find a way to cure himself. I think. Right. Um, what I really enjoyed, and this is the one bit of of dialogue that I thought, okay, that's a little bit shoehorned, but it does seem really fitting in that they're talking about. I can't remember exactly what they're, they're regaling their story of, of heroism to their two friends, the lawyer and her husband across the yep. table. Mm. And at some point somewhere, maybe even it's Wong that says like, um, welcome in your lives are never going to be the same. And I thought like on one hand, that's like, that's true of like, you know, Shang-Chi and, 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 and Katie and these characters, but it's also true of Simu Liu. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorite yeah. bits of promotion from the movie, I follow him on social media and I think it was a TikTok video, although I'm sure it was on everything. Um, he was in either Toronto or New York in September and he's just doing a selfie and he kind of spins around and there's like this building size poster for the Legend of the Ten Rings behind him. And he just kind of like silently mouths to the camera, what the fuck? <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> yeah. he's just completely blown away. And it's just so earnest and and I guess honest. He, you like, know? I, before Kim's Convenience, I didn't know who he was. I didn't have any idea of like that he could even be in a martial arts movie or anything like that. And it's like out of nowhere, it's like they cast him and boom, it's like his stars on the rise. And it's kind of cool to see that for somebody that seems very unaware of what's about to happen with him. Yeah. I mean, and he's like I said, he's good. You know, like it's not it's not unwarranted. I don't think they just chose yeah. anybody. And I mean, he's got other things under his belt, but nothing that the, I've seen. Apparently he was in the, in the expanse, which I didn't know. Yes. But it's a tiny part, if I remember right. I think he like dies in like three episodes or something. Oh, okay. Um, but the other thing that 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 I uh, was surprising to me is his sister shows up, and you get introduced to his sister, who you can clearly see might be a bad guy later. But okay, whatever. And um, 
as soon as she showed up, I'm like, she looks familiar. Do I know her from anything? This is her only acting credit on IMDb. Really? And if you look at and if you look at her listing where you you can usually get their history, I'm like maybe she's like a professional martial artist or she nope her history is like I'm known for being in the Legend of the Ten Rings and I'm like who is she? Why did they cast her and where did she come from? I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, great like, too. You've got to have yeah you you you've got to have like some uh, some good experience behind you for a lot of these movies because of how high profile they are. But yeah. she she was fantastic in it. Yeah, no, she was really, really good. Um, I I also really enjoyed Michelle Yeoh in in her role, and mm. and I and I want to bring this up with you specifically, Alistair, because um, as we'll get into a little bit later, uh, I watched Discovery season three, and uh, George Yeoh, who Michelle Yeoh plays in that show, mm. uh, is awful. <laughs> like I like I can't stand the character. I don't like the acting in it, and I. I feel bad because, of course, seeing Michelle Yeoh in this film, she's wonderful. And I don't know what it is um, about, about, I guess it just must be the writing and the delivery or, or whatever in Star Trek. But, like, they really don't give her a lot of room in that show. Because I remember talking to you about it and complaining about the character. Yeah. And then seeing her in this going, like, she's a completely different person. <laughs> You know, yeah, and I, and I, I really enjoyed her in 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 Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly feel with Star Trek, there's there's definitely a thing with her being from the mirror universe that they're sort of playing into. Uh, right, there is at least some development by the time she leaves, but it seems to happen just as she's leaving. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what it's like when she returns for her spin-off series, Section Thirty One, whatever it's uh, titled. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a one note to Giorgio in in season three maybe even season two as well that i just i just didn't enjoy but i really liked how they handled um how they handled her in 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 shang chi she plays mm. their aunt so it's um yeah. shun and uh xiling xiling i think yes and so it's it's oh, the, it's yeah. their mother's sister is who michelle you plays a uh, ying nan is the name of the character and mm. She's the one that kind of like, even though um, Shang has learned the type of martial art and the type of soft kind of control that his mother had um, in, from her magical village, um, as a kid, he's not practiced it. It's been, he's been taught his whole life by his dad, who's very forceful. And I, I don't know enough about Kung Fu to know what the different styles are called, but I can definitely tell the difference when you watch mm. them fight. Um, yeah. The choreography is just phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. So good. And like one of them is very fluid and flowing and thinking more along the lines of like, um, like Tai Chi. It's not Tai Chi, but like it's something very, very similar in terms of how it looks to the average person. Uh, and then if I was to go and, and talk about it in, in, in kind of media kind of language and things that I do know from watching some stuff. So Avatar The Last Airbender, you have all the different bending and so Simu, uh, sorry, uh, Shung and, and his mom kind of have, when they, when he reaches his like, kind of like uh, climax in the film from a fight perspective, they kind of have like an airbending style. Yes. Whereas his dad is like earthbender. He's all about smashing and controlling things. And I was watching Straw Hat Goofy, uh, who's a great content creator on TikTok, big Marvel guy. And he was talking about how if you watch it, Whenever um, his dad controls the rings, they're always on him. He might shoot them out and bring them back, but they're on him like bracelets constantly. And he's always like punching and jabbing and they're straight lines out and back or like a whip sort of deal. But then when Shung uses them, they never touch him. They just whirl around him. He doesn't actually have them on his person. He just kind of like directs them. And has them go in circles all the time. And so it it really kind of like, if you look at it at the end, when you watch the like, because they do all these cool effects with the rings, you can see the different shapes and different colors, of course. Um, Shung's being gold and then um, his dad's being blue. And they really kind of like, it has that like Star Wars lightsaber vibe to it, but it's completely mm. different. And they they did a really good job of kind of making it their own, I thought. Yeah, you, you definitely get that contrast between them and and getting the feeling that he's basically taken the best parts of his mother's abilities and his father's abilities. And just visually, it, it works 
great. My biggest gripe with the film is actually Katie. I didn't like her at all. And I found that all the things that she is supposed to do in the show just doesn't vibe with me. Like it doesn't make any sense. Every time I see that actress in anything, she's always that role. So this was 100% what I was expecting from the moment she showed up to the moment, the the, the, the final credits rolled. I was like, yep, that's about what I was expecting from this character. That that's fine that's uh, that the, uh, she had a couple of one-liner dialogues like making fun of his name and a couple other things and and i've seen enough asian cinema that her character is kind of a trope in asian cinema the goofy sidekick that magically saves the day at the last moment kind of thing mm-hmm. and i was like yep that's exactly what they did they made it that marvel set out to make an asian style movie and that's exactly what they did it, it, it followed even the tropes of Asian cinema. Alistair, did you find the same thing? Um, I, I think so. Yeah, it's it's one of those. The, there was moments where I loved the character, moments when I I wasn't sure if it kind of worked. Like uh, I think more kind of at the end, how Wong kind of brings not just Shang Chi in but Katie as well. It kind of felt thing. a little out of place. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's not really got any abilities. It's like, why is she suddenly on the team? Um, it doesn't make sense as to why she was included in that regard. But yeah, it's not like when Spider Man gets recruited for stuff, they bring along his buddies with him. You know what I mean? It's just Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's, it's you, you kind of expect her to be his support, his moral support, his uh, guidance and things. Um, but she seems to have just been brought into as Bruce Banner calls at the circus. Yeah. But and this is the thing is is she supposed if she's supposed to be his moral support like she's got no morals <laughs> like yeah, let's let's go and point. let's let's go out and drink all night like she's not like she's again <laughs> I get it as the sidekick I get it as like the the mischievous the incorrigible um, fast talking you know quick fork tongue sort of deal uh, and that I get. I don't buy the romance between them for a hot second. I think there's no screen chemistry in that way at all. Mm. And and I, I think that they are together only because the script says so. And I, yep. I don't really feel like it serves the story at all. I think they could have even had a stronger, uh, a stronger connection had they just been friends and stayed friends and have it not yeah. be like a love interest on the side. I think it would have been stronger to have yeah. to do something a little bit different. Um, but the thing that really bothered me was the tropey um, arrow shot at the the climactic battle when this big <laughs> demon thing is fighting Shang Chi. And I knew that was going to happen as soon as they handed oh. her a bow and arrow. I was like, yeah. "Oh, yep, I know where this is going." It's so yeah. dumb. Like the fact that this valet person who's got no training whatsoever can hit the um, like the the throat of this giant dragon from miles away. It's just, it's so far-fetched. And I understand I'm talking about a demon and a dragon fighting in a mystical village. I get it. But it's just, it just <laughs> to me was, like it, it really undermines all of these other people around her that are magical and have training and are losing their lives. And like, she's just like, I think I can do it. And then shoots the, like, no, just shoots her shot. Don't you understand, Joel? They had a dialogue in the beginning of the thing where her friend said, you are you have a doctorate, but yet you park cars. You're this other thing. And you could do all these other things. You could do great things, but you just never focus. And the one time she focuses, she kills a dragon. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Still, that's a, it's I, a bit of a bit of a reach for me. I, yeah. I would say um, one thing that you've made me think of is that at the beginning of the film, I was weird because I, I had no idea about Shang-Chi. I, I, I wasn't familiar with the character at all. And I was worried, especially as it was going in, that he would end up just getting taught abilities very, very quickly, be given like a crash course in this stuff. So, so I do like that he got the training, that it is something that he grew up with and that he is a, a master martial artist because of uh, all of that. Uh, in contrast to her, where she has just had this very quick like this is how you fire a bow and arrow and then just yeah. gets lucky yeah but yeah before we, we leave with the main. before we leave that fantasy village uh i don't know what they're called they look like giant lions and or lion dragons but they're absolutely beautiful fantasy creatures that are in um chinese folklore and there's a couple of uh, like cg animated 
like lions that kind of protect the village and, and walk around and join the fight. They're, they put armor on them later on. They're really cool. And I wanted to see more of them. And they really ultimately didn't do a whole lot. They just kind of looked cool in the background. They kicked a couple guys, and that was about yeah. I I was hoping to have like you know one of the village people ride one, or just there just seems to be this cool kind of like ensemble moment when they all kind of walk up to the village and these two towering monsters, which are friendly, you know, uh, behind behind the the crowd. It just kind of made me think of things like um, Endgame and some of the bigger battle moments when you've got like a crazy mesh of different characters all together on the screen. And um, I thought they were really cool looking. I, I really enjoyed like the fantasy design and the the way that they kind of gave life to everything. And uh, obviously the CG was kind of over uh, out of this world. Like I really, I the dragon, like the protector dragon that comes out of the lake uh, yeah. at, at the end was super cool. I mean, saw it coming a mile away, um, but still was still worth the the moment, you know. Uh, I also really picked up a lot on how water was magical. Like they really honed in on like the village and um, Shang-Chi's like fighting style, uh, any kind of like premonition. Uh, there's a part when they all see a vision coming out of the wall uh, and that all happens in like water and then shapes yeah, and yeah. shows maps and stuff on the floor. There's a lot of water stuff on the good guy side. And then like a lot of like, fire and air and and stuff happening on the bad guy side there's a lot of like yin yang going on which is obviously something that you see in a lot of asian culture which i thought was yeah. really cool um the other throwaway thing that i i really didn't care for was ben kingsley as trevor slattery uh didn't find it funny he doesn't need to be in the film the quote-unquote mandarin <laughs> he gets a throwaway mention from the dad at some point which i thought was funny uh the fact that he's in the basement makes no sense absolutely none and he offers nothing. I saw an interview with, I think it was the director. And I believe there was a version of the script without Ben Kingsley because they didn't know if they could get him. And they had written him to make an appearance in the basement. And the director said that Disney told me if I wanted him in the movie, I had to call him myself and ask him. He goes, so they gave me his phone number. And they told me, call Ben Kingsley and see if he wants to be in your movie. He goes, so here I am. So I'm like, he probably doesn't even know who I am. And I'm calling Sir Ben Kingsley. And I said, hi. I'm, and I told him who I was and what we were working on. And I asked him if he wanted to be in the movie. He goes, to which I ended up getting this weird dialogue where he said, hold on. He goes, and Ben Kingsley puts down the phone and starts shouting down the hall and asking Trevor if Trevor would like to be in another movie. And then he starts hollering back to me like he's Trevor shouting down the hall to Ben Kingsley saying, yeah, I'll do it. Sounds good. Let's do it. I could be in another Marvel movie. Those pay the bills. And like, he's like, it was the weirdest conversation I've ever had with an actor. And he showed up on set and was the same way. And I believe a bunch of the stuff with him was just kept because he just kept hanging out on set. So they just kept including him in stuff. See. I, I love this about Ben Kingsley. I, maybe I'm just biased because he's a fellow Yorkshireman, but I, I actually really liked him as Trevor. And I, I think that the other big thing, whilst like George, you're saying that he didn't need to be in it. I feel that his presence in it fixed a lot of criticisms people had about the way the Mandarin was portrayed in Iron Man 3. His whole thing about how he was kind of manipulated into that and that the Mandarin that we saw wasn't really the Mandarin because it's actually Shang-Chi's father. I thought that that tied that up really, really well and, and just made Iron Man 3 actually a little bit more interesting for me. My only gripe with Trevor wasn't that he was comedic relief, wasn't that he was in there. It was that how come he's the only one that can talk to the little creature? Yeah. <laughs> like that was the only thing. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm, willing, to, I'm willing to let things go, but that kind of weirds me out. How come the, the, the guy with no tie to, to, to Asian culture is the only one that could talk to the little thing with no face? Yeah. I, I was like, I was like, I was like, I get it if he introduced it, but we're bringing him along as the translator. Okay. I, 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 I'll, I'll just nod my head and smile and go, okay, Ben Kingsley's in this. I'm in for the ride. But other than that, I like, okay, whatever. 
So a bit of headcanon that I have for that is that I think it's just that he's perhaps so dumb that his mind is accessible in that way that somebody who's just got a normal level of intelligence isn't. Because he even goes on to say how he grew up watching Planet of the Apes and he thought the monkeys were riding the horses and then he discovers that the monkeys are just acting like they can ride horses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just silly stuff like that. But yeah, I think that it's something to do with his just intellectual level that perhaps he's, his brain is just in a way that is accessible to be able to have that. That, that, that makes more sense than, than what I was trying to figure out. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. That, now that's entirely my headcanon. I don't know what the official line is, but that works for me. I feel like there could have been a better way to, to get the crew through the maze. I hate to tell you, Joel, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see more Ben Kingsley before the, the, the next... Uh... Yeah, I'm sure we will. I hope so. I, 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 I know you don't agree, Joel, but I, I'm, I'm all for that. Well, I didn't <laughs> mind the reveal in like, in is it Iron Man 2 or 3? Three? 3. It is 3. Yeah. 2 was the, the other guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate like the misdirect of the Mandarin. Like, I thought I didn't mind him in that. Um, mm. It was an interesting reveal. But I, yeah, as a, for the purpose in this film, I just found it a huge distraction. Because up until that point, I was starting to get really immersed in like this like underground Chinese, you know, fight club and like gangs and and the secret societies and stuff. And then you run into this guy and it just kind of really took me out of it. I, I knew they were going to have to include him in some way, shape or form. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen there's a special feature called Hail the King or something like that. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's Ben Kingsley and it's supposed to be Trevor now in jail. And somebody's trying to do a documentary on him as the Mandarin. And they're like interviewing him. And in between that, it cuts to segments of him in the prison. And there's like a bunch of prisoners that want to kill him. And then there's a bunch of prisoners that think he still is the Mandarin and that this is a facade. And so he's got a bunch of guys that are bodyguards. And this guy is talking to him like he's an idiot. But he's interviewing him like he's uh, this guy is either a mastermind or the dumbest person on earth. And then it's revealed at the end of the segment that the guy that's interviewing him with a camera is actually working for the Ten Rings and and the Mandarin, the real Mandarin. And he kidnaps him. And and that's the end of the segment. And it it leaves you believing that, oh, man, they're definitely going to have to include more Ben Kingsley down the road. And so... That I, they, I don't think they could do this movie without at least including him in the movie for something. Final thoughts. I mean, I, I did have a good time with it. Uh, some of the the last bits sat oddly with me, but overall had a good time. It's very well made. Uh, enjoyed most of the acting. The action was epic. Um, it doesn't sit at the top of my Marvel list, but it's not at the bottom either. I would put a couple of films far far below it. Um, so I had a good time with it and definitely worth a watch if you've got Disney plus and it's no longer behind the paywall, I would have been not happy had I paid $20 to watch it, you know, day and date when it came out on streaming. Uh, I'm glad that I waited, but, um, but still good. And hopefully as with many things, you know, as they do more of them now, you don't have to worry about the origin story, right? Like, so any kind of like second film with Shang-Chi, uh, is just going to pick up, you know, in the future at some point with hopefully larger threats now that he's involved with Banner and um, Captain Marvel and all that kind of stuff. So it should be interesting. And they revealed that his rings are older than anything else on Earth. That made me think it ties into the Eternals, which I haven't seen. So I don't know if that's the case. We've got whatever his sister's up to as well. Because that was the tag, right? That was the after credit. Yeah. yeah after credit tag yeah they go back to she's supposed to be tying up loose ends and shutting down her father's um criminal network and she looks like she's running it instead of shutting it down yeah i don't understand the loyalty flip-flop of the dude with the sword hand because <laughs> i mean i'm i don't i don't really care to see more of him in any marvel films didn't find <laughs> he brought a lot to the i mean other than the one fight scene but he's like uh, i don't really he's not the best they need a they need a henchman to kick around that's all i guess i guess i guess it makes me think that other films like Eternals, Spider-Man, um, No Way Home, and uh, Doctor Strange, it's going to get esoteric, I think. I think we're going to get real out there. We're going to get real weird. 
Moving on into the Internet Minute, which is, of course, brought to you by you, dear listener. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. You get access to the member-only Discord server, which is part of the Citadel Cafe, my Twitch channel, as well as my personal Patreon. So there's lots of people in there talking about nerdy stuff all the time. Uh, also, bonus episodes. Uh, every once in a while, I get to record a bonus episode with one of these fine gents. Uh, last one was with Stephen, and so you get access to those as well as a patron. Current patron count is at 21. Steady on from last week. If you'd like to be number 22, visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. My pick this week is short and sweet and a cat. I'm not a cat person. Never will be. I'm allergic, but more of a dog person. But every now and again, I will notice some very odd things on uh, either Instagram or TikTok about cats. And this is the num num cat. I'm sure people that are familiar will be aware of where I'm going. But uh, a friend shared this on Twitter and I went down the internet rabbit hole to find like the original crater. This is the num num cat remix by Mimo. It is a cat drinking milk. And if you've seen any of this kind of stuff online, the cat sort of makes this little num 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 noise. And someone has looped it and and used it as part of a musical composition. And on TikTok, uh, you can do this thing called duets. And so someone will take the original piece, duet it, and add their own musical chain to it. And so this guy, Mimo, started doing it with like, it looked like a mandolin, something he was banging on, created like a bass line, and then started playing some, some strings. Somebody else joins in with uh, drums. Somebody else joins in with a, a trombone and a tuba and a clarinet. Anyway, this goes on for like six or eight or 10 people join in until eventually there's three different vocalists at the end that all join in. And it's a pretty epic combo of like just musical composition and and skill and just like, it's just a minute and a half long. And it has this really off kilter kind of like Bauhaus 20s jazz to it. It will get stuck in your brain. I'm warning you now. It is also hilarious. Like it's it's kind of wonderful for all the negative things that happen on the internet. It's kind of out of this world that stuff like this gets created and and can be found and just marveled at because of the amount of people that that come together to to listen to it. I'm gonna tag it at the end of the show so you'll be able to listen to it in the credits. But we'll have links to um, the TikTok as well as the YouTube creator. Uh, in the show notes and uh, I, it, this was weird but in a wonderful wonderful way Alistair what's your pick this week uh, mine's from a bus operator on twitter called Mac he is at that underscore MC and he has done a breakdown of the bus scene from Shang-Chi as he is himself a, a, a San Francisco transit driver and he, he just goes through everything. So like when the fight scene breaks out, one of his tweets says, as a bus operator, this is the moment I pop my parking brake and open the doors. And basically just ridicules the uh, the bus driver for how bad of a driver he is, having his earphones in the whole time as well. And that uh, he would have been charged with it, with uh, with stuff for that. Um, but I, I do appreciate he had the exact same thought that I did when there's the YouTuber guy, the streamer, who's just filming everything and he's kind of posted like, yeah, this would definitely happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just exactly what I thought when I saw it. Uh, but it is fantastic. So it's a complete breakdown. It teaches you actually a surprising amount about just a lot of the stuff that's in a bus for safety and stuff. And, uh, and just the differences, even just the the distance that they've driven in the movie does not match up with where they would have been in real life. Just little yeah things like that. But just, yeah, that attention to detail. I, I always love seeing these kind of breakdowns at times. It's always interesting when you've got somebody that is in that profession. Yeah. Commenting on movie films. Where it's like everybody just buys this, but so much of this is BS. <laughs> I grew up just outside of Boston. So anytime a movie is supposed to take place in Boston and either A, it's not filmed in Boston or B, <laughs> it is filmed in Boston and they show you going from building to building. I'm like, no, they just traveled across town in five minutes that doesn't happen oh, no i've seen that in film set in london as well i i definitely have that happen there, there there's a zombie movie a zombie comedy movie that was filmed in portland maine and um it has some like big name actors in it that i i was kind of surprised but they only filmed in maine for like four scenes and the four scenes are all within like 
two blocks of each other. And they make it like these people are crossed across Portland, Maine, like, and across the city. I'm like, no, they didn't. They walked across <laughs> the street and they filmed on top of the, the parking garage. So reading this guy's Twitter account is like reading that. It's like me watching that movie. <laughs> it's always really funny when shot like movies are shot in places where you live and which is a rare thing, you know. Um, but I remember seeing like, you know, an advertisement for a Christmas movie. And I was just like, that's downtown Dartmouth. Like that is yep. not, you know, wherever Connecticut they were supposed to be. And then yep. same thing with some of the, some big shows are actually filmed um, uh, in Nova Scotia in different places. And if you've been in these places, then you can recognize them specifically places like Chester um, and, and Lunenburg and stuff. And so you, you'll, they'll be trying to put this off as like some main small town, main, you know, uh, area. And I'm just like, that is Chester, Nova Scotia. You are fooling no one, <laughs> at least no one <laughs> around here. Anyway, yep. uh, which I, I always found really funny. Lou, what's your pick this week? My pick is just the other night, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer two came out. And I don't know if I'm excited for it. It's got a lot going on. I think that's what takes me out of it is it feels like they're trying to bring the Spider-Verse thing to what's already getting really chaotic. And and there's lots of rumors floating around that this might be his last movie as Spider-Man. And, and I'm just like, you know what? There's too much drama behind this movie now. I, I'm just going to wait for a trailer that tells me the plot because that's coming. Or... I, I'm just gonna wait till I see re reviews before I make up my mind if I'm gonna go see it. I, I know I'm definitely gonna go see it, but the but watching the trailer, I I kind of had a similar feeling because there wasn't much plot kind of shown. Um, I do like that uh, Marvel do tend to hold things a bit closer to their chest. I don't mind that, that they I don't mind that they're holding things too close to the chest. Like I think it worked with the Eternals where we don't mm. know much about it. It yeah. made me curious, but we already know a lot of stuff about Spider-Man. I, I kind of want to see more about it. Hinting that Green Goblin is in it, hint, showing me Doc Ock and uh, and and showing me that uh some version of another villain and another villain and another villain are in this. That's cool, but you're not convincing me that you're going to fit all them in and wrap this up in in 120 minutes. Yeah, there's certainly reservations with how it worked in Spider-Man 3 when there was too many villains yeah. in that. Mm -hmm. there. So there's a little bit of that. So when I was watching it, I was kind of almost distancing myself in a way. I wasn't trying to focus too much on it. Uh, and I think that next time I see anything related to it will probably be when I'm actually in the theater watching it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know that there's a GQ article out right now. And it's not that Tom Holland is saying that he will never play the role again, but he's certainly talking about other goals that he has as an actor, how physically demanding the role is, not just like filming the movies, but then also like all the media and all the press and all the attention and stuff afterwards. And either they mentioned it in the article or, or the person talking about the article said that um, as of right now, this could change. He's not on contract to do any other films. So yeah. he has options. Uh, not saying that he won't. Um, and if they throw up this big mystery about it and he decides that he's not going to do any Spider-Man films for four or five years and then comes back later as an older Tom Holland to do Spider-Man films, that could be almost more epic, right? Than just yeah. continuing <laughs> to do one every two years. So, you know, I think there's a, probably a, a lot riding on this film. And I would imagine with all the turmoil between Sony and Disney and Marvel about the Spider-Man franchise that, I might want to get out of that crossfire too. I think that this is probably going to be the last Tom Holland Spider-Man for a while, if not the last. I wouldn't be surprised actually if the next time we see a Spider-Man film, it's going to be Miles Morales. I wouldn't be at all. I know that we've got the animated film, the, the Spider-Verse, but I think that doing live action with that would be would be something that they would do. That or they're going to find some way to add Spider-Gwen. There's a lot of stuff in the in the film that echo spider-man 3 which i'm not keen on yeah i hope they don't go down that road there's even a recycled joke or a little bit of a recycled joke from uh endgame where they meet doc ock and they ask his name he's like Otto octavius and they're like no no really what's your name like you know like it just it's, yeah. it's i mean it's a funny joke but it sounds like the conversation that dr strange and um peter parker have on the ship was like oh we're using our made-up names and i'm spider-man <laughs> like uh, yeah that that kind of stuff i think is is it's funny but i kind of don't want them to do all the jokes all the time i'm not a yeah. big fan of ned 
in the Spider-Man series anymore. He was okay in the first one, but in the second one, it really he really kind of graded on me. I like Mary Jane though. I really like Zendaya and what she brings. So I'm looking forward to to more of that. One of the one of the lines that I really liked from the trailer was Peter saying something along the lines of like, the only time this has felt normal was the day that I told you that I was Spider-Man. And I yeah. I liked that. And I, I heard mm-hmm. uh, a social media clip of Tom Holland surprising a theater full of people and doing like a Q&A. And someone asked him what's his favorite part of Spider-Man, like what's his favorite part of playing Spider-Man? And he said, Peter Parker. And he just said, that doesn't make sense at first. But then he went on to explain that um, Peter Parker is always going to do the right thing and bringing that into that character and trying to use that as like his superpower and have that inform all of the super things that spider-man does is something that he really enjoys about the character and i thought that's really cool like it's not you know swinging around or like it's it's because he doesn't i mean it's a lot of that cg but like it's there's a the level of playing him he said he really likes peter parker so i think we're going to get a lot more insight into peter especially because i think he's done high school at this point i can't remember i don't know where the timeline is it was like senior trip the last one i think so i think it was senior trip i mean it looks like it's going to be a ride i i enjoyed far from home i thought that was really good so yeah i mean i'm i like and i like tom holland as as spider-man and peter parker i'll i'll watch him in just about anything i'm really glad that uh they're trusting him with q a's now yeah that seems to be a big thing you know maybe he's learned a few lessons (laughs) i have a couple of films on netflix bookmarked that he's in and in part i didn't watch them because they seem pretty dark yeah one i think is about a small town and a cult but i know that i enjoy tom holland as an actor and i know he can do other things it's just like until he's done with the spider-man thing or until i see this last spider-man film i don't want to watch this other stuff yet because i, I yep. kind of want to keep him as peter parker until i'm i've seen the last one and then uh and then i'll move on because um he's done some other things and they look good like and it looks like because i've seen trailers and it looks like he's he's doing his own thing he, he's gonna be in the new uncharted movie so that's uh, right i saw that trailer that looked ridiculous yeah it, it looks like they literally just cut scenes from the game and put him in place of where the <laughs> thing happened in the game and i'm like i'm like okay i guess i'll take yeah. it yeah i think it could be fun I think it could be fun. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Lou and Alistair and I talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you'd like to share the show with a friend, Word of mouth is the easiest way. Poke a friend in the arm from a safe distance. You can just email them, message them, text them, let them know that the Sizzle Cafe is out there and where they can go to listen to it. And while you're out there, if you want to help us out, go to the iTunes store and leave us a review. It's one of the best ways for the podcast to reach new listeners. It does wonders for discovery. You don't have to listen on iTunes. You can go leave a rating, peace out, listen wherever you want. I would very much appreciate it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything that I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can link to my other podcast, thespawnchunks.com from there. And we're going to be talking about the new release of Minecraft 118, which is now slated for November 30th. And uh, that's coming up on Monday next week. You can also follow me on twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I'm playing a lot of Satisfactory, playing a lot of Minecraft, and hopefully some new stuff over the holidays. See you there. Alistair, where can people find you online? You can find me on both Twitter and Twitch as Alistair McFly and discover everything else I'm involved with over at alistairmcfly.com. And that, of course, includes Long Range Sensors, my Star Trek retrospective podcast, which you can find over at longrangesensors.com and, of course, on all the usual podcasting apps. Lou, where do you hang your internet hat? I am on all the social media underneath the name Busy Zombie Lord, and you can check out my show, Zombies Ate My Podcast, where this week we're going to talk about a movie that was recommended to us because somebody donated money to Ryan's charity. (laughs) You sound so excited. (laughs) Usually when this time rolls around, we watch some really bad movies because people like to torture us. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to The Citadel Cafe, where we have been fast, easy, and cheap for 10 years, but you can only pick two.
Nam 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 n